gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Premised on something that we as human beings normally um, don't do very well. And uh, that one thing that we don't do very well is to put all our eggs in one basket. We, we try because it's, it's normally a human nature that you spread things out. For instance, um, we always say that I weigh my options. Um, humanly speaking, we love variety. And that's why we say variety is the spice of life. Um, humanly speaking you know, we love as much as possible to, you know, draw from many sources and have many friends travel to many places. And, and these are good in themselves. But they have their limitation because they tend to contradict and work against the particular thing God wants from us. And when God was talking to Israel, he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Amen. And so, naturally, human beings, we are polytheistic. We, we worship many gods. Uh, whether that god is one that you bow down to, made of stone or made of wood, is irrespective. We have many things that we are attached to. We have many sources that we want to draw our strength from. And so, when we come across something different in Scripture, it becomes a life struggle for every one of us. And so, by way of trying to introduce what I believe the Lord wants us to say today, um, I want you to know that it's an uphill task. <laughs> you know what I want to talk to you about. But God is able, despite that, to give us a way out of that uphill task. So, you will turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And then, hopefully, the Lord will give us... If you put up the one in King James, New King James Version first, that will help. Thank you. And... He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my weakness is made perfect. So for my strength, that is his strength, is made perfect in weakness. Uh, that's my, I was having my head already, human weakness, isn't it? He said, therefore, most gladly, I, Jesus, uh, the apostle this time, will rather boast in my weakness and infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I take the first two, three lines again. He said, and he said to me, that is Jesus said to me, if you have a red letter version, that's what he says. He said, my grace, Jesus' grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for his strength is made perfect in weakness. Now give me the New Living Translation. And that probably will help us a little bit. But the New Living Translation, what does it say? All right? It says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. Somebody say, my grace is all you need. Somebody say, the Lord tells me. The Lord is telling me, my grace is all you need. And so, if you want to title it, we title it, his grace is all you need. His grace is all you need. The first challenge I have there is the word all. Now, his grace is not one of the things you need, but his grace is what? And the word all can be very catchy or can be, can be a trap. Uh, when God says all, he means all. And if God says, my grace is all you need, he's simply saying that you don't need to join anything to grace. Irrespective of how attractive it may look, irrespective of how, how much of different theology you may have, the long and short of it, the center of it all is that all you need is Jesus' grace. And so if he gives you his grace, you don't have need for any other thing. You don't need any second source. You don't need any third source. His grace is all you need. Amen. And I can hear him say unto me and to you that in time of failure and setback and disappointment, his grace is all you need. When you don't know what next to do, when failure is staring you right in the face, his grace is all you need. 
And that's number one area of many that we mention where you must have it settled in your heart that Jesus' grace is all you need. One of the things that exposes human nature is adversity. I hope you know that. A guy can be absolutely perfect until there's trouble. There are some people like that. They are so nice. They are so amiable. I mean, anytime you come across them, you believe there's nobody like that. But let there be trouble in their lives. And then you see a totally different person. Saul was a man like that. He was a good guy. When he was made king, he was so humble. In fact, we couldn't believe he could be that humble. He was so humble that he said, I don't want to be king. I just, I'm just going to hide. He was so humble the very first day that he was made a king that even people that were working against him and some were advising him, come on, deal with them. He said, no, don't let's deal with them. He had Samuel by his side. He had the majority of people by his side, so it was still okay. But adversity exposed the wrong side of him. The only reason and the only way that one will not have their weaknesses exposed in time of adversity is when his grace is there for you. Because it takes grace to alter your nature. It takes grace for you not to lash out. And that's most of the time you see, you know, in families, adversity is the greatest challenge unto family harmony. We find out that where things are going well, most families, they do well, most and I'll tell you the flip side in a moment. Different people, they react to different things. Some people, they react very well to adversity. In times of adversity, they become humble. Some people, the other one, which I will mention next. In book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, God was telling Israel something very profound there. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove what? To do what? What is the proof of character? Difficulty in the wilderness. It was the proof of character. Somebody says there is sourness in the lemon before you squeeze it, in the lime. Many times we say, no, I'm not like this. It's circumstance in my life. May the Lord give you grace that circumstance will not make you look different from what you should normally be. And it takes the grace of God. I've seen people who have done totally unacceptable things because they are going through issues of life. You've got a long way to go. So that's number one area that we need to be very careful with, brethren, that we depend upon the grace of God. When life is hard, just rest in his grace. Don't figure out how you're going to get out. He said, Jesus, I need your grace. This is hard time. Resources are not enough. Health is failing. These are hard times. What I'm expecting from the spouse is not coming. What I'm expecting from the children is not coming. What I'm expecting from the parents are not coming. Lord, only your grace. Because you've told me in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 9, you said, his grace is all you need. So Lord, your grace is all I need in this time. Turn that to your prayer all the time. Number two area where I believe you need your, his grace is in time of success. This is another major test of human character. Hallelujah. It's another test. Some people, they can handle failure very well, but give them a little success. And immediately, everybody becomes rubbish before them. Those are the ones, when you are praying with them, Lord, help them to be able to rub two pennies together. Now they can rub more than two pennies together. And they don't listen to anybody anymore. Those are the ones that will tell you that money speaks. Those are the ones that tells you that, who are you to tell me? Do you have the kind of bank account that I have? My balance is not like yours. There was a man, you know, where I grew up, you know, in the interior place that I grew up, fantastic place. I learned many lessons from there that I would not have learned in Lagos or Abuja or the Portacos and big places of this world. Rural place, God bless that place. So everybody say, God bless you where Pastor grew up. And may the Lord bless you where you grew up too. Wonderful place. And I learned somewhere that I used to be a man there, very poor man. He became very rich. And then he was working in the company of those that were very rich. So when they were talking, he would ask all of them to keep quiet. I made that story. And I knew the man. He would tell them, keep quiet. And these are elderly people. I would tell them, he said, do you have money? And they would keep quiet. So one of them decided to answer him back one day. 
So they were discussing something very important that has to do, because one of the chiefs there, they had grade two teacher certificates, and that was a big deal. They were like masters. And so they were sitting there, they were talking something that was a little bit over the head of this man. He was a stack illiterate. He does not know anything. He just stumbled on money. So somebody stood up. He said, they called him by the name. I won't mention the name. He said, sit down. When we are talking brain, you know, he said in the vernacular, your money cannot answer. And they put him in his place. That man and such are not only people that are crude that behave like that, even amongst us. We may not say it, but we will think it. Do you know that most of what the Lord frowns against in the scripture, they are not things that actually proceed out of your mouth. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. I'll show you one there. And then I'll show you another one in Ezekiel. Uh, we can try the one in Isaiah chapter. Give me Numbers 12, 1 first. He said, Then Marian and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Verse 2, please. What does he say? And he then says, So they said, As the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses, as he not spoken through us also, and the Lord heard it. Amen. They didn't say it before Moses. They were gossiping. They were probably whispering in their tent. And the Lord heard it. Many a times we say things in secret, but God hears it. And it's a thing of pride. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. Let me use that one quickly. That probably will drive you home. Thank you. Isaiah 14 verse 12. You probably conversant with this. You, you, you know, who are, how are you falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you caught down to the ground? You are weakened. You who weakened the nations. The next verse quickly, please. Listen to this now. For you have said where? You have said where? When Satan fell, did he approach God and was blabbering at God? Did he do that? Where did he say it? That's one of the things I'm afraid of most. You know, I see people, and if pride will rise up in my heart, I quickly caution myself. Please go away from today and learn that. Most of our setbacks in life, they are not necessarily due to what has come out of our mouth, but what is even going on in our heart. Because the Bible says he searches the heart and the reins. He said the secret things of the heart, he sees it. If you don't know how to stop short before it goes out of control, oh, 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 oh problem is, and commonest thing that makes people to behave that is success. You begin to think that, ah, uh, what is happening? I thought that by now you should have gone beyond this one. Maybe, possibly, you are seeing it secretly. Maybe, I got this testimony. Ah, we all start together when we're applying for jobs. I'm the only one that I've got it now. There must be something special about me. One thing I've learned in life, that truly and indeed, success is not necessarily a measure of righteousness. You can write that one down. Because many are falling at that strip. They, they just think that because I'm doing very well, you know, before I do like that, I've got my first degree, my second, my third, my fourth. Oh, before I even turn to my left and right, I've got ten suitors waiting for me. And really I have those suitors. You know what? In fact, by nine months exactly after, we came for our dedication. And everything is moving well. And you see people that have started the same journey with you. Even to even finish the basic things and get a job. And it seems so hard. Oh, I must be more righteous than them. I beg of the redeemer of the Lord. Let his grace help you manage success. Let him manage success. For some are not succeeding because God knows that you are not going to depend upon his grace. You start ministry together. You think it's by your strength that your ministry is doing better? Oh, you think any foolish man, or oh, it must be a foolish man that we think is because you pray more than the others? Oh, there are things we have to do. I'm not, I'm not rubbishing that. I'm not making light of that. But the truth of the matter remains. It takes grace of God to put anyone where he is or not is. In the time of success, remember that his grace is all you need. You don't need five steps onto success. You don't need the philosophy of man. It takes grace to manage it. And that's why our young man that we have been studying, he succeeded throughout. In adversity, his grace was all in need. It was sufficient for him. 
In the time when he was made the prime minister, the boy never misbehaved. Did you notice that? Did you notice that? He was our epitome of grace, epitome of favor. When he was loved by the father, he was still a good boy. He never messed up. Yes, made mistakes if people think so. Maybe not. But from that moment onward, whether adversity or blessing, this boy was shining. The same grace over Joseph, whom I believe is one of the most principal characters. In fact, by my reckoning, in Bible character, after David, I think that boy takes a very special place. It takes a very special place because God has used him as an epitome of grace. And the Bible says the Lord came by Moses. What came by Jesus Christ? Grace and uh, truth. And who is the epitome of grace that we have in the scripture? Believe you me, apart from Jesus Christ, it seems to be this boy Joseph. When you are succeeding, ask the Lord to help you to manage it very well. Ask the Lord to help you to manage it very well. Number three, what is the number one thing that we said we did grace for? In times of... Number two, in times of... Number three, in times of confusion. It does not need to be adversity. It does not need to be success. Sometimes people get confused. Confusion about what is going on in the world. And I can assure you there's so much confusion in the world at this time than I've seen in a long time. Many things cannot be easily explained. Some don't re- depend upon the grace of God to explain it anymore. They just spout out whatever they like. Everybody wants to be the main person explaining what is going on. Let me be very sincere with you. Most of what is going on, I'm still asking God I don't know. And because truly, we really don't know. I come back to that again. Because a person is successful does not make the person to be right. Because a person is popular does not make the person to be right. And that is why popularity of men can be counterproductive to the righteousness of God. Anybody, Satan has got great followers, don't you think so? Well, I dare say there are many religions that got many followers, but we know they don't lead to heaven. Oh, for your information, Islam has got more than 1.2 billion followers. Ah, so if you want to use majority, you probably just go and be a Muslim then. But the Bible didn't tell me that. So many at times, he said, he said, thou shalt not follow the multitude in what? In doing evil. Many at times, it's another area. When confusion is in the world, that is the time most importantly that you need to depend upon the grace of God to guide your mind and safeguard your mind. Many are like this. Today they're here, tomorrow they are there. I'd rather hear the voice of God and know exactly what he's saying. Not only confusion in your own life, but confusion in other people's lives. What I've discovered, and I think I had a meeting yesterday, and that was still ringing in my ears. You know, we discover that many at times when people go through life and, and they find difficulty, they try to place the problem on you and say you are the cause of their problem. I've had people said before, you know, what is going on? You know, people are not loving. People are not this. Most of the time, it's actually them that have the problem. In those times of confusion, may the Lord give you, give you grace to be able to manage such people. What thing I keep saying is that you won't make me to offend him who is helping me. Because it's very easy to lash out. Someone once said, I think we're having a Bible study. Someone once said, you know, said, look, it's a very unloving church. And actually blasted, nobody talked to me. Ah, I knew very well that it's the other way around. There are people who actually are the ones that are not connected to others and not the other way around. People have made the effort to connect unto you, but you are not connected. I remember very clearly. But because this person was born again, I didn't say anything. I was tempted to. His grace was sufficient for me on that day. Oh, it was. Because it would have been very easy for me to just stand the person up and I said, don't go there. But the grace was sufficient. Because this person was a child of God. Exactly six days after the person came, said wanted to see me. And I was expecting the same, well, you're not clear. And totally apologized, repented, and said, actually, she's the one that has a problem. Confusion in other people's life also, you need grace to manage it. Or else, they will put their problem upon your life. May the Lord help you. So that you don't inherit somebody else's problem. I say, may the Lord help you. So that you don't be partakers of other people's sins. That's how the Bible puts it in another place. Hallelujah.
In Luke chapter 18, uh, if you are taking note 28 to 30, we won't read that one. Just please remember that you need to rest on his grace. And that was talking about the issue of when the disciples were not sure about how to continue, you know. They said, we left everything for you. Lord Jesus, what are we going to have? They were confused. They were confused. And many a time we too were confused. We confused, Lord, I've, I've been serving you all this while. I'm the only one having problem. You must have been there before. But don't show your hand. I have. You know, the more we follow you, Lord, the harder it becomes. What's going on? Confusion. The more we sow, the less we seem to reap. Confusion. In those moments, you don't need human advice. You need his grace. You need his grace to see you through. You need his grace to understand. You need his grace to be there for you. Grace means something that is beyond your human nature or merited favor. And the Lord will release that to you as well in Jesus' name. We still must pray, so I need to rush through the rest. How many have we said? Number four, in time of transition, his grace is all you need. Transition above all between earth and heaven. I hope you know this house is not your own. We don't sing it anymore. Because the way we live is as if this is the final destination. It's, it's very transient. Very transient. Let our eyes begin to be more upon heaven than on this earth. I may have got to a stage in which when... <laughs> not, not the final, I think two steps away from usually... The stage when people say a very funny statement. But you approach that stage. When you discover that all those that you call fathers are dead by age. And then when you get to the stage where the uncles are dying. That's that's what I am. Because I look at my big family. They they grew old. I see all those. The grandfathers, they're long dead. All the fathers... And uh, 80, 90, they're dead. All, all dead. And they know that we call uncle when we're growing up. When I call her, they say, that one is God. If the uncles are God, who are next? <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of time. And so that keeps me thinking. I hope you think like that. I hope you do. We can pray, Lord, prolong our lives. Our lives and he will prolong our lives. But there's a limit to prolongation of life. A time will come when we need to transition. Is somebody listening? If you don't believe Jesus is coming soon, whether you like it or not, you are going to meet him sometime. It's either way. That's why they said the day of death is more important than the day of birth. He said he lands more in the day of mourning. Wise people, they land in the day of mourning. When you go for funeral, two places that I lie most. I love child education, fantastic. They are born. Hallelujah. Number, th- number three for me. Number two, from bottom, is the day of wedding. When people are getting joined together. I used to be very emotional when people are joined together. Because I know that as much as they are being freed from one life, they are being chained to another one. (laughs) And that chain is not one you can break without going to hell. And so if you don't think hard, and long and hard, and you look at your men. We are all dancing. We are all dancing. You are not thinking. I say, hmm. You are entering. We entered. By the grace of God, we are still higher. I hope you will still be there. It's another day that made, set me thinking. Day of wedding. Most of you are only looking for the, for the rice and the three cosmic. Okay, be looking for that. I'm thinking all the time. Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Let this not be. You remember, that was one of my message. I said, remember where I sat down here? I said, one of the things that can give people greatest problem. I'm coming from a long retreat when that message came. I never forgot. I said, one of the things that can set people to hell most is marriage. You, you, you remember the date? Wow. I remember that message very clearly. This is where I sat. I sat there. I give my, because a person is perfectly okay until they marry. That's when we start seeing the other side. He start wondering, ah, ah, is, Lord, I made a mistake. <laughs> you won't make a mistake in Jesus' name. The third day 
that I take very seriously the day of death. When I attend funeral. After all, a person can manage a painful marriage. He can. If you are really heaven bound. Oh, I know great men of God. Great, great. Not in this generation. That we had have very painful marriage. John Wesley. I hope you knew. You probably didn't know that. Had a very painful marriage. But they just steal their heart. They say, heaven, I'm going. Another great man of God we had. You know, even Babalola, they said to some extent, I had a very painful marriage too. Not, not, not as good as we would have loved. And these people, they will say, whatever you throw at me, woman, or vice versa, whatever you throw at me, man, I will take it. Very soon, I'm going to be my savior. But if it is death, no reverse. You can't influence it. A person that just seen a few hours before death came, and he knows that there's no reverse. And we are all singing, hallelujah, he's going to be with the Lord. And angels are saying, really? The day of death. So as we go through life, remember that depending upon this grace is all that you need. Because it will see you through. Confusion is the next one I say. Which one? How many have we said? Number one. And what times do you need is all that all you need will be is grace. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Good. That's the one I'm talking about. Transitioning between earth and, uh, and other transitions in between jobs. All you need is grace. Stages of life, as I've just mentioned unto you. You're going from a young adult to the middle ages. Now they start talking about uh, male menopause now. I'm not aware of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but you know, part of transition through like where you need grace is this thing that I'm openly that I'm opening my heart to tell you the thought process. When I was 25, I wasn't thinking like this. I wasn't. When I was 21, I believe I'm, I was invisible. I was a biker. I've told some of you, I lived like there was no tomorrow. By the time I was 40, I think I had two children at 40, by the grace of God. My head was a little bit straighter. By the time I was 50, I knew at that stage that it's not the way it used to be. Transition, even stages of life. And some have refused to grow up. You will see a 60-year-old man behaving like a 20-year-old. It's because they are not tapping from the grace that, made, that should have allowed them to live according to the stage of life they belong. In the way they respond to issues. Old men, they just are not women. They just say, okay, I've heard. Young men must prove a point. And it's the state to prove a point. The older you get, you don't need to prove a point anymore. When the old man, Israel, Jacob, heard about the misdemeanor of his son, the Bible said he heard it and he kept quiet. He held the family together. But on his deathbed, he gave everybody their portion. After his lifetime, he held it together. The older you get, you need the grace to be able to live according to the level you are. Sometimes those levels that you need to live according must be like letting go of little things. Food, sometimes. Sometimes I feel very hungry, don't you think so? But when they put the big table there, maybe we're having a big do. I won't rush to the table, not that I'm not hungry. But for the level of my age. <laughs> After all, Another one now until I drive home and I can eat whatever I like. I can manage it, can't I? And you can't, you can't you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Age. And you need his grace so that you can be, be, behave according to your age. Sometimes when I go out and they're asking me, still on food, please pack food, pack food. I said, thank you. Because how nice will it be for my age that I'm now carrying three bags <laughs> of takeaway rice and whatever and, and, and 
wave moving here and there to get to the car. Grace to live according to the level you are. And it will be sufficient for you. It will be sufficient for you. Grace to make sure that there is food on the table. And the family resources is not used on buying only the best shoes around. Wear good shoes. But let it be 0.00 something percent that is spent on shoe. Not 50 percent. Don't get bank loan. Um, let me move on. Don't get bank loan to buy suits. Oh, you are doing like that. When you buy it with overdraft, is that a bank loan? Uh, oh, you think somebody would then go and apply? Apply. What for? <laughs> to buy Gucci suits. They don't do that. It's overdraft. Overdraft that started at 200 is now at 2,000. I won't tell you too much. I have 2,000 overdraft on my account. By the grace of God, uh, you know, I, if it's without it, overdraft, I keep quiet. And you can increase it. My bank is saying increase overdraft to 5,000. I said, don't you learn. The one you gave me, have I used it? So now, can I imagine? That's where I'm going. I just want to prove a point. I want to move on, but you think I was lying. Or you think I was just shooting my mouth. If I have a 5,000 pound overdraft, won't I go to the shop to buy a 3,000 suit in overdraft? Is it not possible? What have I used to buy that suit? <laughs> number four. Or number... In times of temptation. And this is a very sober one. Joseph, our friend, also was heavily used. In times of temptation, you need, you need, you need his grace. Amen? And that's one time you need it most. Because you can't just overcome without his grace. And Joseph, you, you think that boy Joseph, you know, he wasn't feeling like when Potiphar's wife, Mrs. Potiphar was chasing him? But the boy just made up his mind. Not just made up his mind, favor worked for him. That's why we said that boy was a boy of grace. Somehow he finds it somewhere to just do the unusual and run out. It's grace. It's grace. When we want to feed the books, when we want to take what is not ours, Whatever it is, we need grace. And number five, uh, number what is not now? Number six, you need grace to do what he asks you to do. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. His grace, in carrying out his assignment, his grace is all you need. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. In carrying out his assignment, his grace is all you need. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. You know, he has promised that he will be with us to the end of the earth. He said, Lo, I'm with you to the end of the earth. You know, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. So it's very important for us, brethren, even in serving him, depend upon his grace. And do your part, but let his grace be sufficient for you. You know, many a times, you know, because of experience, I can tell you, you know, I want to prepare and prepare the Lord. We say, Stop the preparation. That when we get there, I will give you what to say. And many a times, if, if we don't depend upon his grace, you, people will miss out, you will miss out, you will not do the master's work in the way you're supposed to do it. You are coming to sin. David was testifying this morning. He was shaking that he said a word by prophecy. Now, if you are shaking like that, what will pastor be doing every week? You gave only one word. Where is David? <laughs> you gave one word. You, your whole week was spoiled. <laughs> Let God be true. not men liars. He said, the sincerity and integrity of my heart I have declared. If you have, leave the rest in the hand of God. He will begin to talk and watch over it. He said, he will watch over his word to perform it. Not you will watch over it. Don't worry yourself. In fact, he may not allow you to see. He said, I can test you whether you will walk in faith. The moment you start one, I say it, I get it, you are not walking. He said, let, let God be true and not men liars. You will say something sometimes, and you will purposely be portrayed by God himself that you will look like you are not genuine. Will you pack up? Are you depending upon the opinions of men? Is it what men say that matters? Daddy Joe preached a message many years back, 19 years, about 19 years or thereabouts, maybe thereabouts. Very few, you know, Redeemer was still very young in UK at that time. Less than 100 ministers at that time. They are not even all ordained. He just called the minister's conference. Far less than a hundred. And he preached from Jeremiah. I can't remember that chapter now. He said, oh Lord, you have deceived me. That was Jeremiah. God gave Jeremiah a word to talk. 
And Jeremiah said nothing was happening. He said, God, have you deceived me? In actual fact, he didn't even put the question. I'm making it make lighter. When you are serving God, you need his grace to serve him. Because he will put you in a position in which you might look like a fake when you know you are not a fake. And then all you need to say, I'm in your hand. What I believe you told me, I've said, whatever people want to say, let them say it. One day we will all see you. They will know the truth. Or else, you'll be doing survey to know exactly what people want to hear. Pass people around. Everybody mark. What is the number one topic in this church this week? People say it's, oh, it's favor. <laughs> if it's favor, God has said favor, that's okay. People say, you know, it's about food on the table. And then you get a sermon on food on the table. That's not going to be. You can't serve God like that. When you are serving him, depend upon him. Let his grace be sufficient for you. Rise on your feet with me and let us cry unto this God. Who gives grace? Who gives favor? Who makes us to be whom he has called us to be? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. There's no one like Jehovah. We worship. Mm, there's no God like Jehovah. 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 There's no God Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God, there's no God, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. Okay. with him. In context where we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle was talking about a dialogue that he had with the Lord Jesus. 
He was able to have a prolonged dialogue with him. He was mourning as it were. He was complaining as it were. He was praying as it were. And say, you know, Lord, there's this thorn in my flesh. There's this challenge. There's this problem. And it was going on and on about it. And the Lord said, enough, 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 Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. But that came out of relationship. That came out of knowing him, not in a perfunctionary manner, not in just a superficial manner, in a deep manner. That is where that statement came from. And that statement can only come to you today from that position as well. He will not tell one that is not with him, my grace is sufficient for you. We only tell those that are his. Are you his? In truth and in deed? Do you really, really, really belong to him? Or did you belong to him and you know that this relationship had gone sour? It's time to look up unto him and say, Jesus, I come back. Turn me around. Let the old go away. Let the new come. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. That's one particular you know, set of people that the Lord identified for me to pray for again today. But apart from those, before I round up, I want you, if you know that you really want to renew your relationship with him, talk to him now. Just talk to him wherever you are. And if this is the first time you're going to make such a decision, may I ask you that you know you know. The test for it is not any other thing. This afternoon, we're not talking about any other. The test is this. Do you actually have a relation with Jesus to the extent that you can hear him say, my grace is sufficient for you? If you don't, then you need to pray this afternoon. Then you need to ask along the line that I ask you to ask. So speak to him. Speak to him. If things had gone a little bit pear-shaped from what it used to be, he will write it. He will make it roundish again. Nice and smooth and glorious and beautiful to look at. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' name we pray. With all eyes closed, if you pray that prayer, lift up your hand. I will just pray with you from here. In any dimension, God bless you, sir. Let me see. Anyone else? Quickly, quickly, quickly. God bless you. Thank you. Two. Anyone else? Okay, three. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, with all eyes closed, ushers, just give those ones only papers for me to fill. And once, please raise the hand. Pray when you fill the paper, they will bring it to me, and then I will continue to pray for you. So just slip the paper into the hand of those when there's somebody upstairs, I think. Just slip the papers into their hands, okay? And then they'll pass the paper to me and I will pray with you by name so that your relationship with him will remain sweet all the days of your life. Father, bless this your own. They know that relationship with you is not what it should be. Today, draw them close to yourself. And let this relationship never go sour again. Thank you, Rock of our salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. One prayer point, one particular group to minister to that is still very strong. I want us to pray a prayer. And that prayer is to pray grace into your own life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you can put on the screen for me, that should be Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Hebrews 5.14. And I can just turn that to a prayer. Once we, we pray it in a confessional manner. And uh, once... Uh, is that five? Okay. Four I meant. Okay. Uh, four. Four fourteen should be. Somewhere there. Yes. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, please. Uh, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Can I hear amen unto that one? Yeah. 
He said, His strength is made perfect in what? In my. His strength is made perfect in what? In your word? Okay, so he then says, We do not have a high priest who cannot, double negative, sympathize. That is, we have a high priest who can and does sympathize with our weaknesses. Okay? Because he was in all points tempted as we are. Wow! Yet without sin. There was a grace over his life that he went through all that we are going through and yet he never failed. Sixteen, please. Let us therefore, somebody say, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So you say, Father, let it be loud and clear. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come boldly to the throne of grace this afternoon. And I've come, O Lord, that I may obtain mercy and find grace in this time of need and in the future times of need in my life. In the name of Jesus, turn that to your prayer and pray fervently. Father, I come boldly to the throne of grace. I don't know when next I will need this grace, but I can be sure because I know human experience that day after the moment after moment, it might be for success, it might be for setbacks and disappointment, it might be for things that are confusing unto me, it could possibly be for temptation or my transition through life, or possibly, oh God, in my service for you. Those are hours of need for me. Those are moments of need. Those are times that your grace must be there for me. And that's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I need. And I obtain this afternoon. Come on, pray passionately. Pray passionately. Just turn that into prayer. Because in the next one minute, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You may have to draw on His grace. You may have to draw on His divine capability and capacity that you have not got as a human being. Grace to answer the next person as you ought to. Grace to think the right thought as you ought to. Grace to live the way you ought to live. Hallelujah. That grace we receive, oh God. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Receive grace in the name of Jesus. If you have pain on your right eye, right eye, lift up your hand. Did the Lord show that to me? Pain on the right eye. Hallelujah. Okay, come forward quickly. Come forward quickly. And what God does, you know, when he pinpoints this, just to tell you us that he remembers us, he knows where we are, and it's not only for this one, it's just, they're just samples, and so every form of need for healing in the house, the Lord is saying, I'm aware of them. Did you hear what I said? The Lord is saying, I'm aware of them. I may not call you out, but if I remember this one, I call them out, it's because I want to tell you, church, that I'm aware of what you are going through. And I come and I, and I will move around by my spirit, the Lord is saying, to meet you where you are and to bring the virtue of life and healing unto you. Choir just missed on the background as you are beginning to pray for every form of healing that is needed in this room. As you are beginning to pray for every form of sickness to be removed in this room. Church, lift up your voices and pray. And pray if you need healing yourself, the Lord will meet with you. But if it is somebody else that you are standing in the gap for, the Lord will meet with you as well. Hallelujah.
shall remain a community of grace. Marked out by the great grace and abundance of grace that we shall enjoy in the name of Jesus. Let none stumble in any of these areas we have mentioned and other areas we may not have mentioned. From now on, whether there are setbacks, whether there are victories and successes, and every other area we have mentioned, all we need and all we shall draw from will be your grace in the name of Jesus. And I pray as well, Lord, for those people with arm pain, especially right shoulder pain, the Lord is remembering you specifically, receive the touch of the Lord right now. Let the glory tabernacle over this place. We thank you, our Lord and our God. And all the word that has gone out, they shall not return unto you void. They shall do that which they are sent out to do. And the Lord our God shall be glorified. His grace is all we need. His grace is all we shall have. His grace is all we shall live in in the name of the Lord Jesus. His grace, we confess, is all we need. His grace is all we shall possess. And His grace shall be all that we be our constant supply. Thank you, Father. Receive the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Shout hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.